Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Choke Bryant, and there's Jerry. And this is a very special day for us. It's a very special day for Jerry, because she's celebrating her, her very special day, because today Jerry turns sweet 15. Right. Well, technically, it's her triple quinceanera. No, Jerry started producing the show when she was five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, she was, she was a, the wonderkind. She was a child prodigy. <laughs> Threw a lot of temper tantrums. Yeah, but we got through that time. We did, the terrible fives. And now she's just a pretty little lady in her pink, lacy, satiny dress. Yeah, that dress is a lot even for a quinceanera dress, Jerry. Agreed. Uh, can I go ahead and say I I don't do the R roll very well, so I'm just going to say quinceanera. Okay. Instead of quinceanera? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't very good either. Right. I used to do a good R roll because of German, but I feel like I've lost it a bit. And I guess it's actually an N roll, quinceanera. It's oh, that the was good. N. Right, yeah, but if I try to keep it up, it's, it's I think it's going to fatigue everybody pretty quick. So, quinceanera. Well, and the last thing we want to be are two jackass white dudes. Well, that's what we're doing. Laying it on too thick. Two 40-something white dudes are about to talk about quinceaneras like we know what we're talking about. Well, we did the research, and I think it's uh, I think it's good to cover stuff like this. I do, too. I had very little understanding about this just from what I've seen on, like, MTV or whatever, you know? <laughs> did they have a show? They have one called, like, My Sweet Sixteen or whatever that I might be conflating <laughs> with, but I swear— I've seen Quinton, like I knew some of this stuff somewhere. I don't know where, though. Somewhere, just in the, just being plugged into culture, I knew it, I guess. Yeah, well, I lived in Los Angeles, as you know, and uh, they have obviously quite a uh, Latin population. And I looked up Hispanic and Latino. I wanted to get it all right. Good, good. Let's hear what you got. Well, it says that they can generally be used interchangeably these days, but um, I think Latino can... Uh, like, I think Hispanic refers to whether or not you actually have Spanish-speaking roots. Oh, is that right? But um, Latino can be like Brazil uh, and places in South America as well, if I'm not mistaken. I heard once that Ronald Reagan was the person who coined the term Hispanic or at least popularized it. Really? Yeah. Well, it was that tattoo across his upper back. <laughs> Hispanic for with, life. For life, yep, <laughs> with the number four. Uh, but at any rate, you know, I lived in L.A., and there's, uh, a, you know, a large Mexican population. So I would see uh, quinceañeras going on all the time when you're just driving around on a weekend. That's I awesome. would see stuff, and I was like, wait a minute, it's not prom. It's summer. Like, what's going on? It's like prom times 10. And then some somebody hit me in the head, and they're like, you dummy, you dumb white guy from the South. Mm-hmm. That's a quinceañeras. Right. And so I was like, well, you know what? One day I'm going to do a podcast about that. <laughs> they said, what is a podcast? To, to make up for all this. You said, just watch. That's right. So uh, one thing I saw was um, with, Lati- you know, like with Latino or Latina, there's that ingrained masculine. But something I, I saw pop up in a couple of sites was they would replace the O or the A with an X just to make in it gender, word? gender neutral. Like Latinx. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it. I didn't get that far, but I, I saw it in print in a couple different sites to really? where they were trying to remove the gender from, 
you know, Latino or Latina and just make it gender gender neutral. Because there's there's a um, I haven't seen it, but there's an HBO documentary about quinceañeras, and one of them is for a trans girl. Okay, would it be pronounced Latinx? Uh, maybe. I mean, I have how, to see it written down. How is the X in like Oaxaca? Isn't it like Hua Hua? So maybe Latin Hua. I have no idea. That's where I'm going with. Here we go. I didn't want to be too dumb dums, and we're <laughs> so far down dumb dumb lane. It's not even funny. No. So uh, let's try to get this back on the rail, shall we? I think what we just did was great because we explored some questions we had. Mm-hmm. But now we can talk about everything we know about Quintingueras. Right, which is, uh, we've been dancing around this thing. This is the the 15th birthday celebration for uh, young ladies, young women in Mexico, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, in Cuba, in the United mm-hmm. States, kind of all over the world. Um, this is This can take place. Yeah, um, and it seems to be so. It's a, it's actually a, a very traditional thing to where um, Catholic, like the Catholicness of the girl, yeah. and her even <laughs> pre-Catholic uh, origins uh-huh. bind together with what I guess you would call like is a universal coming of age. Celebration, yeah, that also focuses on the individuality and tastes of the girl. You put all those things together, you have a quinceanera, which is a a fifteenth birthday party, which yeah. is a coming out party for a girl as she transitions from um, girlhood into womanhood. It happens on this day, and they throw a huge celebration. And there's a lot of really cool traditions that you're going to find at like every quinceanera that are that have some a neat origin story to them or a neat symbolism to them. And also some great music, some delicious food mm-hmm. and family coming together for an important day. It's really great. Not just family, the whole community is meant to, you know, like extended family, people in the community that have like had a, an impact on the girl's life, like a teacher, or people chip in for the expense of this. It's like a real communal thing. Should we it's, go back in time? Uh, okay, let's. <laughs> Or did you want to go to the future? No, no, we'll go back in time. All right, so the origins of this, they date back uh, all the way to the Aztec Indians. Um, Obviously, in the 1400s and 1500s, they were performing these festivals uh, because girls back then were marriage-ready at the age of 15. That's kind of what it symbolized. Right. And, like, it wasn't just the Aztecs. Like, around the world, and cultures around the world, like, you— you would find some sort of coming of age or rites of passage into womanhood. And yeah, when you came out the other end, it was like you were on the market then from that point on. That's right. And they had uh, ceremonies. They had uh, speeches um, talking about how important it is to uh, become a a wise, upstanding member of society as a young woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the Spanish come along, of course. They invade what we now call Mexico, overthrew the Aztecs, And that brought in a a European influence uh, to this whole experience. And this is where things got a little more, um, a little more like debutante. Yeah, it's actually, I looked into this a little further, Chuck, and they, they are, they can't say for certain where quinceañeras came from, but they think the Aztecs, but their source comes from 
a single nun working in Mexico who wrote an account that had been given to a priest 40 years earlier. Wow. From another priest who had supposedly in the 1520s interviewed some Aztec high priests about their culture. So that's where the whole idea that there was a rite of passage at age 15 comes from. Kind of shaky. And then other people say, well, no, this is obviously a Spanish colonial influence, like Mm -hmm. being presented at court. But the the idea that it's a rite of passage into womanhood is so universal that it probably is a combination of the two of them. No one can just say for certain, though, what the origin is specifically. Yeah, and apparently until the 1960s, um, it was really kind of an upper-class thing. But then in the 1960s, as Latinos uh, immigrated to the United States and they became more part of American fabric, they really kind of really kind of spread throughout the U.S. and Latin America as becoming across all socioeconomic classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get to this a little more later, but wonderfully, like you said, um, in poorer communities, you see entire communities chipping in some money many times, uh, or the the godmothers and godfathers, the padrinos and madrinas. You like that? Yeah, that was good. To help pay for this stuff. Um, I saw this photographer did a a really great photo series of uh, quinceaneras celebrations in poor neighborhoods in Mexico and uh, photographed these really beautiful photographs of of these young women in their dresses sort of in the middle of a very depressed neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And just showing how important it was that they still had this celebration, um, even though they they um, it was it was a burden financially on their families. Right. Yeah. I think Mexico City got together in 2007 and um, some of the businesses, some of the um, some nonprofit groups held like a a big mass quinceanera. um, And now they do it every year for girls who who wouldn't otherwise be able to have one. Yeah, I also read a New York Times article where um, there's a lot of bias, like when it comes to things like this and and bar and bat mitzvahs and debutante balls, where uh, it's very easy for someone to say, like you you know, if if you're poor living in Mexico City, why are you wasting and that's in air quotes mm-hmm. your money on this celebration when your family doesn't have much money, mm-hmm. and they say you know you never hear this kind of criticism for bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs or debutantes, um, regardless of so- uh, socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. So this is just a very important, important part of their culture that should be, um, shouldn't be looked down upon just because they may not have the kind of money to throw a big one. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm sure. I, one of the things though, you, you just kind of hit on the head is that it's a, it's a, it's a part of um, Latinx culture, um, it, it, which is one reason why it's become so big in America. It's a way of um, people of Latino heritage to say, you know, this is my heritage too, and this is how I'm going to come of age right. in America. But because it's also in America, and these are American-born girls of um, Latina heritage, they they have come over time to kind of meld together with what Americans look at and say, that's just one enormous Sweet 16 party. Right. But there's there's some details in there that you'll find at a quinceanera that you won't at a Sweet 16 party. And we'll talk about those right after this. Well done.
All right, Charles. So we are going to start the day. It's a frantic day. It's a hectic day. From everything I understand, from what I've read, it, this is a and actually like a cool day for a girl, but also very stressful. Right? Yeah, it's like a it's like a wedding or a prom or anything where there's um, a lot of pressure on this one, you know, six hour experience. But think about this: with a wedding, you've got your so to plan the wedding with. Mm-hmm. With prom, you've got a handful of other girls to plan you know, what you're doing with prom. Yeah. And plus prom's already being planned for you by your school or whatever. Sure. This is like your day and part of your responsibility is the quinceañera, which by the way, quinceañera literally translates to the girl who is 15. Yeah. Um, so this is technically your fiesta de quinceañera or something like that. Right. Part of your responsibility as quinceañera is to show that you can take part in this planning. On the one hand, it's to allow it to reflect your personality and your taste, so you're the one who needs to choose all this stuff. But it also shows that you can be a grown-up, too, and undertake months of planning leading up to this thing and basically pull it off. Correct. All right, okay, so the whole thing starts with a trip to church. Which is not like what you're going to find, right? Which is not what you're going to find at a normal American, like say, Sweet Sixteen party. No, and it, and it depends on the church where you're uh, going to have. And you know, sometimes the celebration also occurs at the church. Sometimes that occurs at a different spot, um, kind of like a wedding. You know, sometimes you'll have the reception somewhere else. Right. That's not how it started. Which we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But go ahead. But it depends on the church where you're uh, a member or where you're having this initial ceremony. But the girl before this all happens for weeks ahead of time may actually be required to attend classes mm-hmm. in advance of this. Uh, so they're prepared. They know to ex- uh, what to expect. Right. Um, they, well, yeah, that's about it as far as the weeks ahead part. Well, as I far mean, as the church and goes. all the planning, yeah, of course. Right. So on the day they arrive at the church, and you were saying like, you know, now it's kind of evolved to where you have like, like, like a wedding. You have the ceremony of the church and then the event elsewhere. Well, you can. Right. And that's becoming more and more the way. But one of the reasons that is becoming um, the way is because in 1990 in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Archdiocese issued like a set of guidelines that basically put the kibosh on this idea of the quinceañera as a big, lavish affair. Uh, And it really dampened this burgeoning, um, I guess, industry or tradition or whatever. Um, It put a damper on it for a little while because families didn't want to go against the church so they kind of toned down the quinceañeras. But the reason the church was doing this is because there were too many quinceañeras, not enough Spanish-speaking priests. And then also the, the Catholic Church has always had an awkward position in this, in this tradition. It's not a Catholic tradition. It's a cultural tradition by a group of people who are predominantly Catholic yeah. and involve the church as part of this tradition. But this this tradition, if anything, is a syncretized tradition. Remember when we were in Guatemala, the the melding of Catholic beliefs and um, like pagan pre pre um, colonial beliefs, indigenous mm-hmm. beliefs, is syncretism. This is an example of that. There's like Aztec rituals supposedly mixed with this. Uh, the whole thing starts at a, at a Catholic church with a mass. So the church has kind of had a, a alternately 
hands-on and hands-off view of this whole thing. And in 1990, they almost put a, a, a complete damper on it. But since then, it's just kind of said, okay, we'll just start off at the church and we'll have the the party afterward elsewhere. Yeah, and I've also seen that a lot of uh, churches now are, are straying away from these because they feel like there's just a lot of disrespectful behavior, um, like, you know, people partying on the pews and taking pictures with their phone and texting and like they kind of forget that they're in a church. Right, which I mean if you step back and think about it, having a girl's 15-year birthday party in an actual church, yeah. That's a terrible idea to begin <laughs> that's with. It's probably a bad idea. So it makes sense to to do this kind of solemn ceremony at the church and then party elsewhere, which I think is pretty much par for the course these days. All right. So before the mass takes place, um this young woman has and and Kristen Conger, remember Kristen? <laughs> of course. What's the name of their podcast? Unladylike. Unladylike, that's right. Yeah, Kristen Caroline, formerly of uh, of Stuff Mom Never Told You, now with Unladylike. Uh, she wrote this article, and she said that custom calls for 14 damas, or uh, maiden attendants, um, to represent the 14 years of her life up until that point. I saw mm-hmm. elsewhere seven. That's what I saw, too. To be paired with seven young men. Um you want to pronounce that? Chambalons? Yeah, that's that's how I took it. Chambalons? Chambalons. <laughs> I read a, in another place, I was like, well, wait a minute, which is it? Um, and it apparently can be 7 to 15. So yeah. depending on, I guess, how many really close friends you have, kind of like picking out your, your bridesmaids and groomsmen. Yeah, and I saw plenty of um, videos of quinceañeras where, like, there were three girls. Yeah, there's some four. Yeah, but I think under strict tradition of the quinceañera, you would have 14 girls and 15 dudes. You got 14 damas, 15 chambolaines, and then one, (laughs) I got it, and then one chambolaine day on air, which I totally missed up. But it's it's basically the the escort of honor, who is the the quinceañera's date. That's right, and again— I'm sure that there's some leeway. The quinceanera cops aren't going to come by because you don't have enough uh, friends helping you. They have larger fish to fry on quinceanera day. Right. Okay. Although the whoever is helping you plan this uh, it would probably love it if you had 14 guys and 14 girls because they all have to be outfitted. Oh, yeah. In exactly what you want them to wear because it's your party. That's right. And I don't think we mentioned, but the dress is a very big part of the celebration. Um Traditionally, it's either pink or white, um, very satiny. I mean, it looks kind of like a prom dress, a big frilly um, floor-length gown. But that also is eight feet wide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the waist, like out. It's extraordinary. It's like a princess dress. Yeah. Like, I want a quinceañera. Oh, we can throw you one, buddy. Okay. You want to do that? Sure. You want to get all pretty for the camera? I definitely would. <laughs> To find a nice dress. All right. So the first stop, though, like you said, is the church. And this is where um, a, a lot of the, the ceremony takes place. Um, they receive a blessing from a priest. Um, the young woman commits herself to uh, her protecting her virginity and her spiritual devotion. Um, and then they leave a bouquet of flowers uh, near the, the Virgin Mary statue. Uh, and then traditionally— they would give away a porcelain doll, one of their childhood dolls, or, again, 
tradition varies these days. It might be a teddy bear or mm-hmm. something else that just meant something to the girl. One thing I saw was a quinceanera Barbie. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, they'll pass that along to a younger sister or another relative, uh, another female relative, to basically say, like, again, symbolic of I'm entering young adulthood and I'm passing mm-hmm. on this silly Barbie to you. What's the name of that? The Ultima Muneca? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Ultima Muneca. It means the last doll. Okay. And it shows that she's leaving girlhood behind. Right. And uh, you can guess which which one of those, the ceramic doll or the old toy or the brand new Barbie, the younger female relative wants. Yeah, these days? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um... So that may or may not happen at the church. The thing that seems to be what definitely happens at the church is the girl is presented with a rosary, a prayer book, or a Bible, um, and leaves flowers at the altar and or the statue of the Virgin Mary, and then receives a blessing, right? That's right. So let's say that all that happened at the church, and the the girl has been blessed. Sometimes it's part of a regular mass, like she may stand up and come up to the altar and get a special blessing. Uh Uh-huh. If if uh, if her parents are pulling all the right strings, maybe she can get her own mass for it. But um, she may also be sharing that mass with other quinceañeras. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. But once the mass is done, once she said, like, I am committing myself to the Catholic Church and I'm a very spiritual girl and and um, thanks for the blessing, I'm Audi 5000, she's heading off to the party. That's right. Get that just like a good wedding. Get that part over with quickly so you can get your party on. Right. So while she's getting into the limo, we'll take another break, okay? All right. Look at her trying to stuff that dress in that Okay, Chuck, so she has gotten in the limo, she's driven off, and now they're going to the venue, which is basically anywhere that you would also hold, like, a wedding reception. You could hold a quinceanera party. Yeah, I mean, it could be—it really depends on the budget of the family involved. They could rent out a a, a large hall, or they could—it could be in the backyard of their own home or at a friend's house. Yeah, and again, this is not just on the parents' shoulders. It's very customary and very traditional for the girl to approach family members, yeah. um, members of the business community, um, just anybody she can think of to say, hey, costs are really adding up, and can you, you know, chip in a little bit? And, like, the, the quinceanera will be sponsored by multiple people besides just her parents. Yeah, and I did, I also read in that article on that uh, really great photo spread the guy did, he interviewed the family members, and one of the families, he said, how long have you, you know, they didn't have much money, and he said, how long have you been saving for this? And they said, for 15 years. Oh, man. Like, they, they started socking away money every year because they knew this was coming. That is so great. And it was important. It was a very sweet story. Yeah, I think the aspect that, you know, the the community chips in and and also comes to, like, witness this girl's transition to adulthood, um, I just really appreciate that. I think yeah. it's really cool that that's part of it, you know? It Agreed. makes it, it, rather than it's just, oh, the parents are footing the bill for everything. I just think that's cool. Yeah, well, and it's a culture where family and community is such a, 
important, uh, revered thing. Um, and it's something I, it, I'm envious of, you know? Yeah, for sure. So when the, when the girl gets there, the first thing that's going to happen is the music's going to be starting um, and her court's going to come in and get introduced. Those are the um, damas and the chambalanes. Why is that not sounding right? Because it sounds French. Right. Okay. So that's. But am I am I pronouncing it French? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It. It. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know the origins of that word. Okay. So um, those two, her court, they're going to come in one by one and get announced, virtually just like a, a wedding when the bride and groom show up. The the groomsmaids. No, the bride. <laughs> groomsmaids. The groomsmen's <laughs> and the the um, bridesmaids. Yes. Um, come on, man. Bear with me. <laughs> You're hanging in there. They're, they get introduced, you know, one by one as they're coming in. And then, finally, the um, the Chamberlain, the, the, the honorary <laughs> escort is introduced. And then you finally have the Quintanera come in. And the music changes, and she's, like, you like raising the roof, you know. And the, the party's just, everyone erupts into just craziness from that moment on. Yeah, and again, it could be, a DJ. It could be a mariachi band. It could be a rock band. It, it could, could be, be a DJ playing mariachi music. <laughs> it could be. It could be uh, like with my wedding, I had a an iPod loaded up with my mix Very and nice. just hit play. Nice. So this is Probably a DJ with a light system and a dance floor. Every all the videos I saw are very much like that. Yeah. Um, so the the court's been introduced, and then one of the first things that happens is the girl is presented with a crown. Mm-hmm. Tiara. She's presented with a scepter. So for the killing. <laughs> right for the bashing. Yeah, that comes later. And then right the ritual the ritual killing of the chipmunk. Um, and she's seated probably on a throne of some sort or a central chair, maybe one of those like wicker, remember the wicker like 70s chair? Oh, yeah. That like flared out and up. Yeah. That looked kind Eyes of like a case. A, yeah. Maybe she's sitting on one of those. But she's she's basically the center of attention right then. And something kind of cool happens. The shoes she was wearing that she came in with, flat-soled sandals or um, slippers or something like that, her dad comes over and takes those off, and then he puts on high heels yeah. and snaps his fingers, twirls, and goes, she's a woman. Yes, and I bet you anything this uh, this young lady has practiced walking in those before. Right. I don't think she would want her first experience in high heels to be in that dress on the big day. <laughs> no. This is just logical Chuck talking. <laughs> Although it would be fun to watch. Oh, no, come on. You don't think it would be? <laughs> no one wants to see a, what do they, uh, Kristen said they call her uh, Keens girls sometimes? Yeah. No like one wants the, to see a Keens girl fall over. That's true. Except you. <laughs> but you got laughed at while you did the backstroke, so I get it. Yeah, mocked. <laughs> uh, they may also get gifts, but not always. Uh, a lot of times they are symbolic gifts. A lot of times other people will bring gifts, but from the parents, the uh, the festival and ceremony itself is the gift. But sometimes, if the parents have some dough and a big budget, they may get what's called uh, regalo sorpresa, which is a surprise gift mm-hmm. um, on top of everything else. And this, of course, is including, um, like you mentioned, the prayer book and the rosary and the Bible and stuff like that. Right. 
and th- those were probably given to her at the church before. I'm thinking that uh, depending on the position of her parents socioeconomically, the girl's probably getting other other presents too. Yeah. Um, but yes, supposedly just the quinceanera party is like, you, this is plenty, don't you think? Yeah, but I think the gifts too also are always represent that uh, transition into adulthood. So she's not getting the dolls anymore. She gets maybe some jewelry or mm-hmm. earrings and stuff right. like that. Right. Stuff and, to deliver her into womanhood. And then guests are also given gifts as well. And sure, the, party favors. The way that the whole thing's set up, even though the community like um, might have people that chip in or family members or whatever, the, the parents are saying, like, come wa- help celebrate our, our daughter's transition into womanhood, right? So the, the party is meant as like a gift for the guests, Right. And and so the, the thing is kind of meant to be like, come and get your eat on and your drink on and just have a lot of fun. The the thing is, is part of that welcomeness and that inclusiveness and that, you know, please come and, and be a part of this. Um, that backfired really hard for this one couple. Have you heard about Ruby Ibarra Garcia? No. Oh, my so, Ruby Ibarra Garcia turned 15 on December 26, 19, or 2016. Okay. Okay? Just like a year or so ago. And she fr- is from La Jolla, which is in San Luis Potosi, uh, Mexico. And it's a little tiny town, 200. And her parents decided to get with the times and make like a YouTube invitation, a video invitation to come to um, Ruby's quinceanera. Mm-hmm. But they, they posted it on YouTube, and they didn't put any privacy settings on. And it went viral. And 20,000 people from around the world showed up to Ruby's Quinceanera party in that's, this little town of 200. That's kind of great, though, right? It was great on the one hand, but if you look at the photos from it, she was very much overwhelmed yeah, the entire time. that's true. Was not expecting it. Apparently, like... Like on Facebook, like over a million people said they were coming, but even still, wow. twenty thousand. And if you look, there's like all these stands set up, and like people from all over the country and the world chipped in to like feed everybody and make sure everybody had wow. drinks or whatever. So the the parents said, "Okay, we're we're doing this," um, and they they did it. They they stepped up and and met their 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 or they kept their welcome to everybody. I guess is a way to put it. That's kind of great, but I, I can definitely see on the day that the girl might have been overwhelmed. But I bet she also, in retrospect, is like, hey, I've got one cool story for my life now. Oh, yeah. She's got a big old story. And she got a Chevy Volt. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell. I literally couldn't tell if you were just being jokey Josh there. No, nope, that was, I didn't even need to be that time. So Chevy got involved, of course. I think her parents gave her that. Oh, I figured Chevy was like, hey. No, I think that was out of this. I think that was her regalo sorpresa. Her surprise gift? Yes. Wow. And speaking of sorpresas, um <laughs> the uh that was Yumi's Spanish name by the way. But speaking of sorpresas, there's also Chuck. Go on to YouTube and type in Baye Sorpresa, B A I L E. Uh-huh. Sorpresa. And just start watching these videos because the Baye Sorpresa is one of the hallmarks of the Quinceanera party. And they are about as adorable and embarrassing as you can imagine. What, what does that mean, though? What, what is it? 
oh, it's a surprise dance. So oh, it's okay. like for months ahead of time, the quinceañera and her court will practice a dance right. that they make up or that they hire like a choreographer and they will like perform this dance for the guests. It's a surprise dance. It's like part of the quinceañera. And um, they're it, they're very cute to watch. And so they try the to have fun with it, I guess. They do, but they also are really they're very earnest about it too. Like they yeah. like they practice this dance and they they're doing it, and it's it's very cute. That's um, wonderful. You can also hire chambolains, professional ones, oh, and really? they're all like dancers by trade. So they they'll like really knock your socks off of your guests. But it's you know it's lacking that heart of something you and your friends came up with yourself. Or you could, if you had a lot of dough, you could hire a choreographer like uh, Paula Abdul or something. Yeah, yeah, like her. <laughs> She's still choreographing, right? Yeah. Choreographing? Choreographing. <laughs> Something's bad wrong with us today. I know, man. You got anything else? I do. This is a little soppressive for you, my friend. <laughs> there was a father in Texas a couple of years ago that spent $6 million oh, my. on his 15-year-old daughter. Oh, my. He, uh, what's his name here? Uh, he's an attorney named Thomas J. Henry of San Antonio. They were a very kind of well-known family. His daughter, Maya, <laughs> is uh, big on Instagram and social media, and she's big into activism. So she's like, you know, uh, she's not just your ordinary teen. Good for her. Um, Although that is kind of ordinary these days, thankfully. To be a, a well-known teen activist? Well, to be active. Sure. Yeah. But at her quinceanera, she had uh, Nick Jonas perform. Uh, <laughs> Pitbull performed. Sure. Um, let me see what else here. A 55,000 square foot space that they built. I don't think they built it from scratch, mm-hmm. but it, it does say that it was built, um, purpose-built venue. How many guests? 600 guests. Man. Uh, a 30-foot tall cherry trees, a 30-foot tall cherry cheese in full blossom. Wow. Uh, walls of roses, a garden room. The ballroom with butterflies suspended from the ceiling. She wore a Rolando Santana dress, which means nothing to me. Yeah, me either. But I assume that means it's something. Uh, she had her makeup done by Patrick Ta, who does the Kardashians. Her photographer was uh, Michelle Obama's photographer. <laughs> and um, Thomas Henry and his wife, uh, whose name is Azteca, beautiful name, they hired a New York social event planner named David Mon. He had 150 person team uh, to to plan out this party. And finally, uh, they arrived by police escort in nine Rolls Royces. Because well, why not? Why not get the police involved? And not to feel too bad for her little brother, or I guess maybe it was a big brother, um, he spent $4 million on that kid's 18th birthday, I believe. Que presa. So they have, they dropped 10 million bucks on a couple of parties for their kids. Man, and those the girls in Mexico City are happy to to be part of the citywide annual one. Yeah, I wonder what Pitbull got paid for that. A mill? Uh, maybe. I bet Nick Jonas got more than Pitbull did. You think? Yeah. And of course, she had her her pictures uh, with both of them. And well, sure. <laughs> I'm sure that was part of it. It's like, uh, yeah, man. All right. Well, that is something. What's her name? Maya. Yeah, way Maya to go, Maya. Henry. Oh, I got to look that up. 
Um, if you want to know more about quinceañeras, well, just uh, show up to one uninvited. Yeah. See, see how that goes. You know what? You'd probably be welcomed. Probably, Chuck. Probably. Uh, and since I said probably a couple times, it's time for listener mail. Uh, hey, guys. Longtime listener, card-carrying member of the Stuff You Should Know Army. I've always wanted to write in, but just hadn't found the right topic until the It Stranger Things script retooling debate. <laughs> that was during emojis. Uh, Stephen King is by far my favorite author, and It is my absolute favorite of his novels. Highly recommend also a huge Stranger Things fan. Uh, though I have no media experience, I do have an MBA and know a thing or two about marketing. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, I side with Josh, with the studio definitely retooling the script to create synergies between It and Stranger Things. Aside from casting the Stranger Things kid, which to me is a smoking gun, they changed the setting of the film to take place in the 80s, like Stranger Things. In the novel, uh, the story follows the main characters is in the 50s, and then again as adults in the 80s. Uh, there were elements of the story that didn't translate as well into the 80s, in my opinion, but it was a small price to pay in order to captivate that Stranger Things audience. Just one guy's opinion, but I'd like to say one guy's informed opinion. Sorry, Chuck, for what it's worth as a movie crush, or as a movie buff, I always catch movie crush. Uh, keep it up, Mike Sanders. Uh, and Mike, mm-hmm. I, I did a very simple Google search <laughs> and found that Stranger Things was released in July 2016, and principal photography of it began about a week before that. Okay. So that's therefore rendering that impossible. Here's the thing. Movies have been known to change horses midstream, right? I don't think that that settles it, if you ask me. (laughs) So you think they shot a bunch of the movie in the 1950s and said, wait a minute, this TV show over here is doing no, great. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's go make it the 80s. No, I don't think that. And let's that. recast this kid that we've already cast. <laughs> I think, I I think that they're, I think that they did retool. I do. After I don't they think started they shooting. Did, yeah, I don't think they did, they, I don't think they were shooting in the 50s. I think they were probably shooting in the 80s. I think they really, my whole point has been that they played up the same things that Stranger Things was known for and that you wouldn't find in in the the book it that and that they plumped up that stuff because of stranger things that's my assertion so as they're shooting the film it they're doing rewrites they're and, doing rewrites because yeah. they're like man we got to lock into this tv show yes and you can also do that in the editing booth as you know as well which would have happened long after stranger things was already a smash cultural phenomenon all right. That's I, I don't think it's settled, man. Okay. And it never will be. All right. And, until the editor tells me himself or herself that I'm just dead wrong. Okay. Uh, if you want to settle a bet, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Josh Um Clark at SYSK Podcast or at Movie Crush. You can join Chuck on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Charles W. Chuck Bryant. You can also join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 